the beginning. How do you begin from the beginning when you don't have the full facts, when much of the story belongs to another, in another time, another place? How then do you add flesh to the bones of history? This was my dilemma, trying to put into place the pieces that weren't mine to know or mine to tell, and yet they were. For if the missing pieces weren't mine, then why did they affect me so? And so the secrecy remained for decades, the whys and what-ifs of the past that had become the present. Then one hot summer day, my mother and I were sitting under the shade of a gnarled gum tree, its deformed trunk a testament to the ever-changing seasons of flood and drought. We were alone, no siblings, husbands or children. We were, in a time capsule, quite detached. After decades of skipping around the wounds of the years, there seemed very little to say. I looked across the lawn into her garden, crowded with roses, lavender and Chinese lanterns, past the white cement statue of a Grecian woman holding a basin of water on her shoulder, and saw, hidden among the plants, a small stand of watermelon red gerbras. Gerbras. I've always hated them, you know. I said idly, rooted in the past, my words dancing around in the hot mid-morning sun. So did I, for a while, my mother replied, rather startled, and our words sparked, touched each other and the years of pain spun away as I looked into her face, worn from the hardship of life, wrinkled and old, with hair that had thinned and was now white, her mouth that was still smiling, and her eyes that were still green. Why, Mum? I had no choice, she said, still smiling. Without explanation, we knew. We knew the questions, and where they came from. He was so hard, always so hard, and you let him get away with it. You don't understand, Judy, I had no choice. In those days we did what we had to do. And she shrugged her thin shoulders. I reached over and touched her wrinkled hand, the brown spots of old age, like large freckles spreading across her dried-up skin. Then tell me so I can understand. And so my mother began to speak, and I sat for hours listening to words, somersault from her heart, emptying her from the prison of silence. I now retell her story, as it was told to me, on that hot mid-morning, as we sat under the shade of the old gum tree in her garden. And as the sun meandered across the sky, I listened to this old lady talk of her life, of her sadness and fears, of the whys and wherefores of her beginnings, and as her words fell, they began to crack the shell around my heart. And so I begin this chronicle with my mother's story. My mother was the youngest child of ten children. Her mother, my grandmother, went into postpartum depression and neglected my mother from the moment of her birth. 
Two months later, my grandmother walked down to the railway line and threw herself under a train. The oldest of the ten children, my Aunt Dory, had not long married and was pregnant with her own child. My mother and the rest of her siblings were now divided up. Aunt Dory took some, others were placed in foster care, and my mother, now three months old, went with her father up North Queensland Way. He was a logger, an Irish logger, who owned a team of bullocks, dragging felled trees out of the forest and down to the timber mill. My mother stayed with him until, during a wet season, the cart the bullocks were pulling slipped on the muddy cleared land and went over the top of him. He died a lonely, agonising death 